So you see today where we're going on the screen behind me. It's simply a statement that says it's obvious how the work is going. Now, right now, you have no clue what I'm talking about outside of the fact you know it has to do with work and whether that's being accomplished or not. And uh, the obvious thing is you can't hide. You, you just can't hide. It's obvious. It's blatantly obvious how the work is going. Have you ever noticed when you're driving by a place of construction and, and, and you see dozers and you see tractors and, and, and there's movement happening, something in your mind says, oh, the work's going forward there. Looks like they're going to build something there. And then before long, you see concrete trucks and you see all types of uh, materials being delivered and activity. And you say, oh, the work is going on. It looks like it's moving forward. And often you see that completion. You see the building process happening as you drive by on your way to work and a month goes by or a few weeks go by or a few months go by and you see a building there, a structure there that, that you once drove by or you drove by many times and there was nothing there. It's obvious how the work is going. It's being completed and it's done. Then there are times you drive by and you see ground being turned over, you see activity happening, and then before long, there's fencing that is put up, and it seems like everything dies, and you drive by, and it, it's in the same state that it was the day before. It's in the same state as it was a week before. In fact, there's a building, I don't know if you guys have, have seen it, probably so. It's, it's near Cherry Creek, it's off of Colorado, right on the corner of Colorado, and uh, what is that that runs into Cherry Creek? Starts with an A. Is that uh, Almeda? It's somewhere near there. There's a big church building. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's, it's right there that over the last few years, I've noticed a lot of activity there. But the last couple of months, there's just a fence around it now, and it's kind of boarded up, and uh, there's... They're, people are tagging it, you know, they're tagging it with their, all of their graffiti now. And every time my wife and I drive by, she's like, man, that would be a great building. I wish, and I say, you know, I don't know, something, not, something's going, something's wrong. Some, it, the work is not going forward. <laughs> it's in decline. And it's obvious. And we know nothing about the inside or behind the scene detail of it all, all I know is from the outside, okay? All I can see is from the outside that what was once vibrant and lively and had activity, now it's chained up, it's boarded up, and, and, and people are taking advantage of the lack of life that is there, Okay? And it's just kind of shut down. And I'm not sure what the future is. I don't know if some investor's coming in, buying it, tearing it down, putting commercial there. I, I don't really know what the issue is. But I know one thing, the work is obviously not going forward. Okay? So today, with that in mind, I want you to join me in uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter, we're going to be reading uh, several verses of Scripture, so stay with me as we travel down through 
the first several verses, and then I'll let you be seated, or I'm not holding you in, in a position <laughs> hostage to stand. If you want to be seated, you can, you can be seated now. But if you, if you want to stand, that's fine. I'm going to read a few verses, and then, then we'll get into uh, the message today. Matthew 16 and uh, verse number 6. Now, you guys know me. I like to be real. I like to get where we're living and uh, I like to be transparent, and I'm always trying to just kind of uh, set everybody's mind at ease from the beginning. I want to tell you this just from uh, a place of, of honesty today, and that is studying through these familiar verses again caused a new revelation to come to me, all right? I'm admitting that because uh, I've been doing this a long time And I've read through this, I don't know how many times, but as I was going back over these verses, there was something that really stood out to me that I want to share with you just as uh, foundational today. So, So I'm going to verse number six. It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. And you would have to go up a few verses to understand what their dilemma was. They thought Jesus was bringing correction to them because they had failed to break bread earlier and they thought they were in trouble over the issue of, of breaking bread and fellowship and, and what we would uh, you know, look as a type of, of religious activity, okay? They thought it was over bread. He's, he was warning them, and they thought it was over bread. Which when Jesus perceived, when Jesus picked up on what they were saying and the way that they felt, he said unto them, O ye of little faith. How many times have you heard that, that little, those few words, O ye of little faith? Now, but most of the time we'll say, O ye of little faith, but we're not really putting it into context. What they were talking about was, oh, we didn't eat bread. He's telling us to be careful of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It's over bread. And Jesus is saying, wait a minute. O ye of little faith. It's a faith issue. Okay, it's not a bread issue faith issue. Why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? Why are you so frustrated over this bread deal, he said? Why is this a big deal to you right now because you have no bread, we're not prepared to eat? Do you not, do you not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? He said, do you not remember that little Happy Meal turning into a buffet and all of the leftovers that happened that you went and collect. Do you not remember that I'm not worried about bread, how much you have or how much you ate or how much you don't have, that this issue isn't over bread? Because if we need bread, I can take a little boy's lunch and feed a multitude and there will be more left when it's all said and done. So let me remind you, have you forgotten how I can do some of those things? This isn't about bread. Right? Neither the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many baskets ye took up. How is it that ye do not understand that I speak it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Okay, you may be seated. 
I'm going to get into these verses uh, here and go a little bit further as we travel through the message today. But it's obvious, it's obvious how the work is going. Now, as I related that story to you about the building and driving by and and it being obvious that, that it's in decline and it's not going forward. You have to see it from the Lord's perspective that He's looking at His disciples now, okay? These are, these are folks that have been following Him for a while, and, and He's looking at them from the outside, saying to them, something's not computing here. <laughs> Something that, something's not relating here. And He's saying... Do you not understand that what I'm talking about has nothing to do with bread, a loaf of bread? But what I'm talking to you about has something to do with a greater importance or issue. So Jesus is looking at this saying, the work It's just not there yet. They're they're just not getting it yet. They're they're not to where I want them to be yet. They're they're still lagging behind. There's some obvious factors and things that are pointing to this dilemma. Okay, He said to them in verse number 12, Then understood they how that He bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. What Jesus was getting to was he he was warning them, be careful about buying into or believing the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So, So for me, I've read these verses, and this is what I was talking about a little bit earlier as it relates to the verses that we're going to go to. This was, everybody say, a doctrinal issue. Okay, this was not a bread issue. This was a doctrinal issue. And the key here, the point is, Jesus was saying to them, Be careful about listening to or believing or buying into the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, I could really take quite a while talking to you about their doctrine, but I will not do that because there's another objective in all of this. I just wanted to bring it to your attention so you can see what what was happening as we get into the the larger conversation that Jesus had with His disciples. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16, it speaks to this, that all Scripture... Everybody shout all. All. Well, shout it, all. all. All Scripture, not some, not part, not a little bit, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So what we have here in and our Bible is the inspired Word of God. This is God-inspired. And Timothy said, uh, Paul told Timothy, it is profitable for doctrine. Okay? He said, this inspired Word that we have today is inspired, directed, led by God, and it is 
profitable for doctrine. If you want to know doctrine, then go to the inspired Word of God because this is where you find doctrine. He said for reproof. It's there to reprove us. It's there for correction. So sometimes when you, you come to church and you hear someone preach or, or you're reading your Bible and you feel convicted or you feel challenged or you feel like maybe you're being adjusted in some way, that's what the Bible is about. That's what the inspired Word of God is about. It establishes doctrine in our lives and if we're not lining up with that, then reproof comes to us. Correction comes to us for instruction in righteousness. In other words, it's there to instruct us how to live right before God. Right? We don't have to search anywhere else. We don't have to look anywhere else. We don't have to ask anybody else. We don't have to pursue anything else. If you want to know how God wants you to live, read His Word. Read His Word. Okay? But notice how, notice how it's established and how it breaks down. That the Scripture, Paul's telling Timothy, this is, this is profitable for doctrine. So, to ever get to righteousness, you have to first be impacted by doctrine. Okay? Before you ever get to the place of, of this pleases God, how I'm living... You first have to come to an understanding of there is a baseline doctrine that all of those ways of living are based upon. Okay? So these are not just random acts that we pull out of the air and just say, do it this way or live that way or look this way or act that way and it'll be okay. And well, a preacher approves of that or a leader approves of that or a religion approves of that or, or a denomination approves of that. If that's, if that's how it is in your mind, let me help you today. By, by coming back and saying, let's pull, let's pull the shades, you know, oh, let's get down to what it's really all about. Scripture is profitable for doctrine. If, and remember, remember, Jesus told His disciples, be real careful that you don't buy into, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Because if you buy into that, your foundation that you're going to build upon will not only be faulty, but it will lead you to things that have no eternal value at all. You will do them, but there's no reward in doing those things. Okay? And this is, you know how he said to them, and I read it to you, he said, oh, you have a little faith. Okay? So if you're going to move forward in, in what I'm talking about, then you have to move forward from a position of faith. You, doctrine will never make sense in every, every part of our life. It, it just, for some people, doctrine will always be a challenge when they just look at it from an intellectual posture. Okay? If you're just going to look at doctrine from an intellectual or educated place, then you'll always be trying to figure out 
how it measures up, how it connects, how it makes sense, what's the purpose of it all. Somewhere through all of this, you have to step out in faith and say, through faith, I believe what's being taught to me through His Word. I believe doctrine based on the faith that I have in Him and His Word. And so, it's a faith deal. And when you accept things and you believe things through an act of faith, then then know if it starts that way, it will have to remain that way. And if it remains that way, it will have to end that way. You cannot start your journey with God and your foundational place in Him in, 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 in a step of faith and then try somewhere along the line to get out of the realm of faith and just try intellectually or through an educational uh, position to live for Him. It doesn't work that way. If it begins with faith, it will require faith to continue and it will require faith to finish. It's a faith walk all the way through. All right? Now, I know I'm taking my time today and, and some of that is because I, I, I don't plan on getting through all of this today, okay? I plan on having a few weeks of, of getting back to the things we're talking about. So I want you to get a real good understanding that if you're going to remember get to that righteous living, then it begins with doctrine. If you don't by faith accept doctrine, then righteous living makes no sense to you at all. Righteous living has no bearing in your life at all. Righteous living, can, you can take it or leave it, and it's no deal at all if doctrine isn't accepted by faith and, and it becomes the foundation of your life and you live every day there, then, then getting to a place, that's why just telling people, you need to live a certain way and everything will be good, that's not the answer. Because people living a certain way without faith and belief in the doctrine... Come on. If, 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 an outward, if an outward appearance is the, the litmus test for your spirituality, then I can take you to people that have no concept of doctrine and truth of God's Word that live a much more modest life than a lot of people I know. So living a certain way, righteousness has to be birthed out of an acceptance by faith of baseline doctrine. And if you work from that position, then when you get over here, righteousness before God makes a whole lot of sense. But if you don't have that, then you could just be like anybody else that chose to, to, to dress in a modest way. Okay, so he's, he's, he's dealing with his disciples, and this is going to blow your mind because you have no clue where I'm going right now. He's dealing with his disciples about being careful that they don't make the baseline foundation in their life the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees because the Pharisees and Sadducees had it wrong. And he was saying, don't get started 
on the wrong foundation because everything from that place on will be faulty and it will be suspect and it will have the potential of crumbling or failing somewhere along the way. Okay? So, so he said it's profitable for doctrine, it's profitable for reproof, it's profitable for correction, and it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. Okay? And then notice what he says, that the man of God may be perfect, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all, somebody shout, good works. Good works. It's obvious how the work is going. It's obvious how the work is going. I can drive by the building that's in decay and say the work's not going good because it's obvious. You understand, let, let, me, let me just slow down here, that when doctrine is established in your life, when reproof comes, when correction comes, when instruction comes, you don't have issue with that. You allow the word, to God, of word of God to speak to you. You allow the word of God to challenge you. You allow the word of God to shape you. You allow the word of God to, to, to put you in a place where you are growing, growing into good works. But if doctrine isn't established and faith isn't involved and a love for that isn't there, then anything will set you off. Anything will cause you to lose it. Anything will be offensive. Anything will cause you to say, I don't want anything to do with it. They don't care about it. Nobody loves me. Why is everybody against me? But when there's a love for doctrine, and I'm not saying abuse, and I'm not saying people that take advantage of, of God's heritage. I'm not talking about all of that. I'm talking about the truths of God's Word. When we're challenged by those things, we're, we're, we've accepted and believed and, and we're walking in faith, doctrines of truth. And, and when we see something in our life, it challenges us to do something about it. Because we know if I don't do something about it, if I don't address this, then before long, somebody's going to be tagging my building. Somebody's going to be setting up a fence around my life saying, this is what it used to be, but it's not what it is now because they're not being thoroughly furnished unto good works. The good work isn't continuing. The good work has stopped or the good work has gone in decline. Right? Now, the inspired Word of God reveals right doctrine. He told His disciples, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, He goes on. I'm going to go back to our text. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, and we're in verse 13, Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples saying, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? Okay, why, was, why, why did I take 15 minutes to talk to you about the importance of doctrine? 
Because I wanted to go to these verses right here that many times we pick out and we quote or we preach or we, we rehearse in our mind, but we really don't know what inspired or what, what the driving factor behind it all was for Jesus to ask the question in the first place. He said, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they say, some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elias and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you didn't know that, that's, that's basic Bible 101 doctrine. Okay? This is elementary this is, get, this is kindergarten. This is the stuff. You guys, when you were in kindergarten, if you're as old as I am, you remember those big red bricks we used to get to, that were cardboard that we could play with? Man, those kid, kids today, they don't even know what good fun is. They, they don't even know uh, what good entertainment is. We, we, we had big chief uh, uh, books that we wrote. And big, I mean, our pencils were like this big. We could use our pencils as bats if we wanted to. They weren't number two pencil. I don't know, those things were huge. Big pencils, big books to write in, and, and some great educational stuff. See, spot, run. How many remember Dick and Jane? Oh, I love Dick and Jane and Spot. And if you haven't read those great books, you ought to go to the library and find some of them and read them. That's where my education began. But we played with red cardboard bricks. Man, I love those things. Those were awesome. They were not very sturdy. You could, you could spend all class building those things, Faith, and one little kid run by and they'll just all fall, fall over and, and all of your work comes crashing down before you. So he's saying to them, who, this is 101, this is, this is doctrine, this is where it begins. If you're going to get to righteous living before Him, you come back to this kind of stuff. You come back to Him asking a simple question to His disciples. I've been with you for a while. Who do you, who do you think I am? Who do, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, well, I think I know who you are. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood. Okay? Come with me for a moment here. This goes back to that faith deal that I was talking to you about. The faith deal that's the, the element of doctrine that many people just want it to make sense. They just want it to add up. They want, they want it from an intellectual place. They want it from an educational place. And Jesus said, when, when Simon Peter answered and said, thou art, thou art the Christ, Son of the living God, He said, man, flesh and blood hath not... You didn't sit through a class and get this. You, you, you didn't just come, come into this understanding by accident, he said, flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father 
which is in heaven. So it takes it out of this realm of just something that you physically accept. It's something that you have to step out by faith and say, I believe that and I'm going to base my life on that because you have been touched by heaven and God has given you understanding and revelation to say, that's it. So doctrine, basic doctrine, Bible doctrine, is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And that's what? You're the son of the living God. I know who you are. And he said, man, flesh and blood didn't give this to you. But my Father which is in heaven has been dealing with you. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. 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 And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you are being built by Him, there is nothing in hell that can stop you. If you're being built by Him, hell, the plans of hell, the schemes and desires of hell cannot stop you. Okay, so so when people... Quit, give up, throw in the towel. They've allowed some attack of hell to come against them. And somewhere in their spiritual life, there was a flaw in their belief and acceptance. Of the doctrine. Now, I'm not throwing off on people because I've had my ups and downs. And I understand it. But when my ups and downs come, especially the down times in my life, instead of pointing fingers at everything and everybody else, I have to look to me to say, where in my life can I sure up my faith in truth? Where in my life can I go to work to try to make sure some things that were faulty no longer continue down that path, but I can reinforce those or I can reestablish those or I can add something into my life that wasn't there previous to help me to sustain, be sustained and to thwart off the next attack that comes from hell. He didn't say that, that, that the adversary wouldn't fight you at, at all. He just said, that the gates of hell shall not prevail. In other words, there will always be attack. There will always be something leveled at you. Whether it's family or friends or your physical health or your job or there's always going... Hell is doing its best working overtime to tear you down, to set you back, to destroy you. And But, 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 if you have established the foundation of truths and doctrines in your life and you started in faith, and you're continuing to walk in faith, when those attacks come, and as those attacks come, you will be able to resist that because your love and your belief of doctrine and truth is continuing to grow, not looking at it as saying it's not anything that's really that important in my life. It, it, 
It's vitally important. I can't even, I can't even express how important falling in love with truth really is. Because it will keep you when the gates of hell attack you. And, and Jesus is saying this. Remember, I took time to go through it all because I want you to see He dealt with them about don't believe the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees because He was going to come back and talk to them about a doctrine that will keep you when hell wants to destroy you. He was going to reveal to them a truth that would sustain them when everything in their life was upside down. You have to see that Jesus wasn't just talking about what was happening in the mo- that moment of their life. He knew what was coming. He knew that it wouldn't be too long and He would be crucified. He would be laid in a tomb. Yes, He would arise, but then He would depart. He knew that when He departed, that everything that people wanted to say and do to Him, that they would take out that aggression on His followers. And Jesus was keeping all of that at bay in the moment, but He wanted them to understand. It's like this right now, but it will not always be this way because I'm not always going to be right here in physical form with you. There's a day coming when when your adversary will, will do everything in his power to destroy you. And they had no idea just how, how challenging it was going to be once he departed. That they would be martyrs that their lives would be sacrificed, that their families would be torn apart, that they would come under not only emotional and psychological uh, attack, but they would come under physical attack. That they would literally, at at, at some point in their future, they would literally, these guys he's talking to, these guys that he's, he's expressing this to, these were the guys that, Peter was crucified like the Lord. But Peter was crucified upside down because he said, if you're going to take my life this way, and I I can't let you take my life like you took his life. I'm not worthy to even be crucified that way. Take my life, hang me upside down. John was put into a boiling vat of hot oil. His skin was burnt off his body. The people he's talking to were going to face horrendous deaths and torture. Do I have your attention? Do you understand what I'm talking about? This wasn't just a casual conversation. They gave their lives for this. And he's saying, whatever you do, make sure your foundation is right. Because if your foundation is right, it doesn't matter. How do you live righteous when they're about to throw you into a fire? How do you keep saying, I'm going to live for Him, I'm going to do what's right, I'm not going to recant, I'm going to hold on to this, when they're about to crucify you upside? How, how, 
when they're taking a fillet knife and they're cutting your skin from your body, how are you going to still love Him, stand for Him, live righteous, not deny Him, not quit? The only thing, the only thing that will cause you to do that is by going back to the foundation and He's telling them, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are just practicing religion. I want you to go beyond that. And He gives them this word, upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, if he could just pull back the curtains and he could let them peek into years ahead, he would say, you're going to make it when they take your life. You're going to make it when they attack you. You're going to make it. My church will stand when all hell breaks loose because something has been revealed to them. And it's changed them. I love these verses. Gates of hell shall not prevail. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Talking about a great reward and talk about great benefit and talk about great favor and blessing. What comes into your life is the power to open and close, bind and loose things in a very real way. Peter answered the question, you're the Christ, son of the living God. Star, happy face, 100%, good job, whatever, you know, sticker on the top of your paper, all of those things. Peter went home that day with stars, smiley faces, check mark, highlighter, everything. Honey, look what I got from Jesus today. I passed the test. You did. What test was it? It was basic Bible 101 foundational doctrine. He's the Christ, son of the living God. Oh, that's so great. You get a lollipop. <laughs> he went home. He went home and things were good. <laughs> he got... And as a result, Jesus said, you know what, Peter? I'm going to give you some keys. I'm going to give you keys that have power not only here, but power there. Power that can turn things. I want to preach to you today and tell you that it's obvious how the work is going. And, and, and I'm going to get there. You're going to have to come back two or three weeks to get to where I'm going. But that's okay. I like these cliffhangers. It's obvious how the work is going. It's obvious when I see things flowing your way or I see things going away from you. It's obvious when I see you living, growing, moving, maturing, advancing, or in decline, in heartache, in depression, in the place of giving up, and I see somebody with graffiti all over your life, and chain link fence all around, and what you were, you're not that anymore. It's obvious to see who's growing and who's not. And here's the deal. I'm not the builder. <laughs> I don't own the property. Okay? It's not my structure. It's not my property. I, I didn't pay for it. I, I, he did. 
He said, I will build my church. He's the builder. His blood paid for the property. And you're the material. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. And it's obvious how the work is going. It's obvious if, he, if, if he's really shaping, constructing, establishing, thoroughly furnished unto good works. Has your life switched from a place of not so good things to now good work is happening in your life? If that's going on, I can't take the credit. You can't take the credit. He gets all the credit because I, by faith, allowed a doctrinal foundation to be established and he went to work in my life and now I'm able to live righteous before him and perform good works because of what he did. His blood paid the price for you and I. It's his property. It's his material. This property belongs to Calvary. This this material belongs to the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. And what he said to Peter was, if you see this and you accept this and you understand this doctrinal stuff, I want to tell you that you can have all of the fight that, that hell wants to give you, but it cannot prevail in your life. And, and, and as a result of that, weathering the storms and weathering the attacks and weathering the hatred and weathering all the talk and weathering all the junk, I'm going to give you some keys to the kingdom before you step into your power, before you step into your position, before you step into your purpose, before you step into your blessing, you might have to go through some junk. But oh, you got the right foundation. <laughs> and, and, and you have the master builder. <laughs> Come on. He, he, he knows how, he knows how to take whatever material it is and turn something good out of it. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of a YouTube freak and, and I get on these binges of watching things on YouTube and it's probably not what you think. I, I like to watch people that, that do bushcrafting. You may not even know what that is, but it, that intrigues me. Like they go in the woods with a knife. And they live, <laughs> like indefinitely. You know, they, they cut trees down, they fashion places to sleep, they catch fish, they kill bear, they eat, they build fires, they do all kinds of stuff with like MacGyver style. Here I have a paper clip and I'm going to save the world. And, and I'm like, oh my, I want to do that, but I don't like to camp. But I... <laughs> but, but, I, I want to do that, but I don't want to be eaten up by mosquitoes. But I, you know, it's like, I watch some of these people, they build packs out of stuff. They, you know, they find an old tire in the river or, or there's a paper bag and you see them like six months later, they're still established. I would last like one night. Can somebody call my mom? <laughs> I'm not... Uh, bushcrafter expertise. But he can take nothing and build something incredible out of it. 
You're, you're not dealing with me. You're dealing with him. And it doesn't matter if you bring a paper clip, a twig, and a paper bag. He's like, great, that's all I need to work with. And before you know it, you look back on your life and all of this favor and all this blessing and all this healing and all this abundance and all this joy and all this grace and all this mercy is flowing in your life. And you're like, how did this happen? He said, I will build. The Pharisees and Sadducees were trying, their doctrine was to build it on their own. Their doctrine, in a nutshell, was to do it all by ourselves. We got this. I can handle this. I'll take care of this. I fast this many days. I pray this many days. I, 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 I respect and obey this many laws, and I get this done, and I, I get all the check marks, and I'm doing that, and it's all me, 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 me. I'm a Pharisee. I'm going to do this. And Jesus said, Beware of you thinking you can do it all yourself. (laughs) He said, but if you will buy into this, who do people say that I am? If you'll buy into this, then I will build something out of your life. You have no idea how God wants to favor you and bless you and position you and put you in, in... Man, you have no idea. Don't let the devil steal your purpose and destiny from you. Don't let the adversary take your joy and your happiness and your peace. You know what? You're a child of God. You belong to Him. He's he's not finished yet. Let Him keep working in your life. You you can't say, well, I'm going to look at them and I I want them to be here. Matt, Bria, they're, they're, they're... They're building a house right now. Matt, when you drive through that development, all those houses don't look just alike and at the same stage, do they? No, some of them, there's just still lots there. And then some of them, there's a a hole in the ground. And then some of them have have maybe uh, some framing going up. And then you drive down another street and the house is complete, but there's no landscaping. And then you go down another one and the landscaping is there and, and and there's a kid riding around nails on a bicycle and trying not to hit cinder blocks or being run over by a material truck. You know what I'm talking about. In a construction scene, there's a lot of different things going on you got to see that in the church that where you are that's why i said it's not good to compare yourself amongst yourself that's why matt can't go in there and say well my house doesn't look they just started building three months ago those people moved in a year ago their yard is more mature yours hadn't even been planted yet your sod hasn't even been grown elsewhere and transported in and, and this is what you have to see. We didn't all come into this at the same time. To, so, so to expect all of us to be at the same level is preposterous. I like the old saying, and he's still working on me. Make me what I ought to be. Come on. He's working. Cindy's not through with us yet. Billy's not through with us yet. Karen, he's not through. Where you are and where I am and where Sharon is, we're all at different places. But he's building his church. He's working in Sharon's life. He's working in my life. He's working in Cindy's. He's working in Karen's at where we are. Oh, wow. Let's stand together because I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to preach all day today. I've really got to, I've got to let this.
marinate. Just, 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 I'm not embarrassing the three standing over there. <laughs> but I want you to look over here. Okay? So faith came five years ago this summer, right? Yeah. So five years ago, faith came. It was two, four years ago, Bobby came. Less than one year ago, Tony came. Okay? Faith heard me preach for five years. Well, she did some interning elsewhere. Bobby's hearing me for four years. Tony had a head start on them because he heard me back in Fayetteville a little while. But, but here, it's been the last little while. And, and he'd be the first one to tell you, this is a completely different dynamic. But where faith is, and where Bobby is, and where Tony is, different places. Okay? But do you see where they are? You don't have to be at the same place to be in fellowship with one another. You don't have to be at the same level of understanding or lifestyle or anything. Because we serve a merciful, gracious, loving God who's just working on all of our lives where we are. And the beauty of it all is their faith is based on the same foundation. Yes, and out of that, life comes. Favor comes. Man, I'm so proud of faith. She's worked hard.